Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, we are so glad that you joined us today on this Mother's Day. And I do want to let you know that this is a place that we love moms at the house. And we do. We look to the every mom, the mom-to-be, the mom-in-waiting the empty nest mom, whatever season of life you are in, I know that the world runs because of mamas. Okay, so why don't you look around you, look next to you and say, okay, if I see a mom, look them in the eye and just sincerely say, thank you. Thank you. you. You know, it matters. It matters to make sure that we make that connection and we say thank you to the moms in the world that make the world go round. Okay, so I truly believe that being a mom is the best job ever. Uh, My hashtag, if you follow my Instagram, is always momjobbestjob because it really is the best job that I get to do and I'm so grateful for it. But thinking about my job, I can't help but to think of all the sacrifice that moms make and all the things that we put up with. Any moms can attest? There is a whole lot to put up with along with our awesome job. And so one of the things is just the pet peeves that I have acquired over being a mom. And believe it or not, there are some pet peeves that I grew up with, my mom had, that now I have as a mom. And now I have so much more understanding of why she would get so upset about certain things. And so if you are a mom in the room and you can attest to any of these pet peeves, go ahead and give me a shout out. Okay, so one of them would be half drank water bottles throughout the house. Any Anybody hate that? Uh, why buy water bottles? Uh, why do it? And I always ask my kids, I'm like, you got to drink more water. They're like, oh, I had three water bottles. I'm like, no, you did not have three water bottles. I know you're not drinking enough water. Uh, but what about a poor-filled dishwasher? Okay, so this was my mom's pet peeve growing up, and now it has also become mine. But seriously, my mom came over to take care of me while I was recovering from something, and Stephen was out of town. And she, I got up to fill the dishwasher, and she corrected the way I did it. I was like, to this day, my mom still cannot handle anything done in, you know, different in the dishwasher. She talks about the science of the water flow. And how it has to get to all the dishes. Um, (laughs) What about an unflushed toilet? That is the worst. There's so much that comes along with that. Um, I literally am like, do you have a nose? Because surely that would indicate a reason to do that. Um, Okay, so what about, this is one that I didn't uh, have growing up because I didn't do this. But I have found that my kids do this, and I am going to be confess my sins right now because my kids have gotten hollered at more than once for putting clean clothes in the dirty clothes hamper (laughs) because they're cleaning up, and they just think this is the easiest thing. (laughs) We'll just put it all in the dirty clothes. (laughs) And so I can't stand that. That just drives me crazy. I'm like, why would we want to work double? Okay, so what about, okay, and I think this is probably the worst crime, the worst offense against humanity of moms is when, and I love to cook, y'all, I love it, but when I have cooked 
And I have gone out of my way, and I have sacrificed, and I have prepared. And then they don't want, they're, they're not hungry. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you have got to be crazy to pass up this meal that I have made available to you that is hot and ready right now. And so, you know, it's either they're not hungry or maybe they had already eaten. And I'm like, that's okay. Eat some more. (laughs) Because this is the moment where, because I don't really, I love cooking. I love doing the action. But really, I love the part where people enjoy my cooking. Like, I'm like, but I did all of that for nothing. I need that whole circle back (laughs) to, to really get the value of it. And so, you know, Bottom line is, is that they, it almost feels like rejection. Like they're passing up something that I have freely made available to them. They have not had to do anything, and now they have rejected my act of love. And so it goes so much deeper than just annoyance. Uh, you know, and in all seriousness, that is what we're going to talk about today. It's just what Jesus has made available to all of us in such a way that is um, where we, don't, we didn't have to do anything, but yet he made a way to allow us to accept forgiveness. Something that we could never have made up or earned on our own, our own works. And so he did. He went out of his way. He sacrificed. And he prepared a way for us to be saved. And so this is something that I never want to forget the value and the importance of accepting the forgiveness that he's made a way for us to have. Because the thing is, is it's easy to doubt. Yet he has asked us to believe. And when we choose to doubt, it's as if we are rejecting what he has prepared. And so he loves us so much that he has made it easily prepared for us, easily available for us. Not because life is easy, but because he wanted to make sure that, yes, he doesn't promise a perfect life, but he does promise perfect peace. And we can't have perfect peace apart from accepting forgiveness from our Father. So just a scripture to just kind of ground us today, build our foundation as we begin, is John three sixteen through 17. It says, For God to love the world, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And here's the deal. That salvation is what he's made available. He didn't come to condemn. He came so that we could accept forgiveness. Every day we do. We make choices, whether we accept that or we reject that, whether we accept him or reject him. We live in a world where we see people go by all the time, and we can see the lack of peace in their life. We can see their life full of doubt and the, the consequences of that, where it's truly made available to them, but yet they're unwilling or unable or too busy to take part of his salvation that he has provided. But we are in our second part of our series called Stories. And one of the things that I love about our story series is that we get to hear stories from the people that we sit next to at church. And so Adam did an amazing job as he began our series with our first value, Meet the Father. And today, I've invited some of my friends to help us just learn a lot about our second value, which is accept forgiveness. 
It, you know, we can preach a sermon and you can go with some good points. But what I'm hoping today is that you hear a story that you can say, you know what? That was like me or that is like me. And that story is something that God can use in your own life so that you can truly walk in and accept his forgiveness today. And so we believe that there are many lessons of forgiveness. But there's a verse that I want to found our first part of our sermon today. It's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so as we began to talk, this is Mika. This is Lauren, and this is Tandy. So if you haven't met them yet, everybody say hey. <laughs> but we've been spending some time together and unpacking and unfolding these stories. And really, what, after I've heard their stories and we've been talking about what forgiveness means to each of us, I want you to just hear their heart and what they have learned in their walk with the Lord and accepting forgiveness. So Lauren, we're going to start off with you. And I just want you to share with us your story and how, what have you learned about accepting God's forgiveness in your own life? All right. Um, well, I grew up um, going to church um, only on the weekend or every other weekends at my dad's house. So I had that um, somewhat of a foundation in it. Um, as I grew up, I feel like um, Christians can still struggle with condemnation and sin. Um, and in my own life, um, my past and, you know, living in the flesh and just not being a good, you know, 20-year-old, yeah. um, I, um, I hurt someone really deeply, someone who I love a lot. And um, we worked through it. Um, by the grace of God, we got through it. Yeah. Um, I was forgiven by that person. I confessed to that person. But something inside of me, I was still feeling like I just felt unclean. I mean, I just felt like I didn't, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like he, God would forgive me because of what I did. Yeah. Like, how can it be that easy, right? Um, so I actually had a moment of realization, and I, I remember exactly when it was. Um, we were going to church and getting involved, you know, trying to take those steps mm -hmm. to like, okay, we've got to do something, you know, we've been living our life wrong this whole time. So um, I was sitting in um, uh, our life group living room and it was the moment that I actually told my friends, you know, I actually verbally told them and they, we cried together, we prayed together and at that exact moment I felt God's forgiveness just come over me just wow. like a warm blanket a warm awesome. hug like that person that was embracing me um that was that exact moment it was like a catalyst it was like yeah. something that you know it was like a light switch if you can imagine that yeah it was just that that moved me to like okay Lauren this is your purpose you know like God brought you all the way or your actions brought you all the way down to the rock bottom, but now, come on, girl, let's let's go. Let's, yeah. This is your purpose, you know. Let's go into that. So, um, a verse that First um, John actually ministered to me a lot. Yeah. But then there was another one that Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation." Yeah. The old is gone, y'all. Yeah. The new has come. I mean, oh, God, it gets Absolutely, me every time. Absolutely, yes. Um, so that that it's just 
that forgiveness, I just, I can't, I just keep going back to, it just felt like a warm hug. Right. Um, but I can't say that these are my words right here, but I, I did read this somewhere that it says, life is too short to exchange freedom of grace for the bondage of unbelief. You have to allow God to wash away all of that hurt and regret. And that is by the transforming power of his word. Yeah. Well, I I do want to further that. Do you feel like that moment, what did that unlock? What was the beginning of your relationship with God? Because I remember you talking a little bit about that whole Mm -hmm. moment. Well, before this happened, I was like, well, how can you have a relationship with someone you can't see, touch, or feel? I mean, I was just such a baby Christian, you know? And at that moment, I realized, like, Lauren, you just got to believe. You just mm-hmm. got to just trust in that and in, in knowing that God is there and he's forgiving you. And you don't have to do, I mean, you don't have to be clean to come to him. Just come to him and give him everything, Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Could you attest that you're a different person? Completely. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought, oh, let's see, to 10 years ago, I'd be on this stage right now. Wow, that's Let's, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And we're glad she is because obviously, you know, that the first point she brings up that is so important about forgiveness is that God's forgiveness has the power to change us. You know, that verse that we just read is that he's faithful and just, and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so oftentimes the lie that is believed is that we can't come to him until we change. But yet when we come to him and accept his forgiveness, he leads us in the path of change. And then you have no idea who you can be 10 years later when you're willing to go ahead and accept his forgiveness and believe that he's faithful and just. And that is so important to remember that he is a God of his word. And this is who he is. It's not just what he does. It's not like you deserve forgiveness, you don't deserve forgiveness. I give it to you, I don't give it to you. Uh, He is just, he is faithful, and he gives us forgiveness. So, Tandy, tell us what you have learned on your walk with forgiveness, with uh, accepting his forgiveness. Uh Uh-huh, it's on. (laughs) (laughs) Like Lauren, I grew up in church, so I grew up knowing about Jesus. I knew about forgiveness. Um, but the one thing that I, the piece that I really didn't understand was the father. Um, so during my teenage years, um, it became really easy to kind of like justify things. Um, so I went from like knowing what church people said was good, um, but it was real easy to be like, well, but this thing is not so bad. Yeah. Um, and there was all the excuses of like, but I'm still a good person though. You know, I'm not hurting anybody. So things, without even realizing it, went from, like, being this good pastor's daughter to making just a lot of really bad choices in life. Um, So, again, it was all so easy to to go down that that slope of, I have so many excuses, and this one thing doesn't seem so bad, but then the next thing doesn't seem so bad either. Um, So before I knew it, I was just living a life that was just really ugly. There was just a lot of sin. Um... And I was so far removed from what God's word said because, frankly, at that time, I didn't want to read the Bible because I didn't want to see it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. thought I would have to, like, admit that I was wrong if I read it for myself. <laughs> um, I actually remember this time that somebody was, was trying to have a real talk with me and, and call me out and be like, Tandy, this is what you're doing is not okay. And they said something, you know, the Bible says something. I'm like, 
Well, I've never read that. I <laughs> wasn't reading the Bible. <laughs> like, it's real easy to justify that if you don't read it yourself. It's true. <laughs> um, but in all of this, all of the bad choices I was making, God decided to bless me. Yeah. And so at 19 years old, I had a son. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm real pregnant, so. <laughs> so if I get emotional, we're going to blame this. <laughs> um, so at 19, I had a son. Um, and then all, every parent here knows that the second that you become a parent, you suddenly realize a lot of things. It's true. And the thing that I realized was that now that I had a child, his life was going to mirror my own. And for me, that was terrifying. Wow. Because not only was I making a lot of choices, I was in a very abusive relationship. Um, I was like dead broke. When I say dead broke, I'm talking like zero dollars. <laughs> 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 like, um, I was becoming estranged with my family. Wow. So I was kind of living on this island, and I didn't know how to get out. Um, so once I had this realization that I wanted better for my child, um, I left the abusive relationship. I went back to my family, and I immediately went to church. Wow. And I, I started asking for forgiveness. And it would be a really awesome story to be like, and then everything was better, but that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so see, one of the things that you have to know about me is that my childhood um, punishment consequences was directly related to anger. Wow. So if I did something wrong and I made somebody angry, then there was a consequence. I could do the same thing two days later, and if nobody was angry, then there was no consequence. <laughs> <laughs> so my understanding of forgiveness yeah. was that once you've forgiven, there's no more consequences. Yeah. And so with all my choices, with having a child, um, I don't know if you guys know anything about abusive relationships, but those abusive people don't just go like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that I hurt your feelings, like, <laughs> and then just move on. Like, this is a long-term right, right. thing that I had to deal with. So um, it, my understanding of God's forgiveness was just really warped and really skewed from what the Bible says it was. Yeah. Because, again, I wasn't reading it. I didn't know what <laughs> <laughs> So around this time, I'm trying to go through this process of forgiveness. Around 2021, I really started to hear, 2021 20, age, not year, um, I really started to hear God's speaking to me and saying that I was, he was calling me to speak. He was wow. calling me to use my voice. And if you know me right now, you're like, yeah, you talk all the time. That's <laughs> but at 20, that was not me. Right. I literally walked with my head down. I rarely spoke to people unless they spoke to me first. And I truly, truly believe that I had nothing of value to wow. say. Wow. So a calling on my life to speak and tell my story was kind of a big deal. Yeah. So instead of stepping into that, and it's, instead of accepting that God was calling me to something more and that he had forgiven me, I went into this cycle that lasted for probably 13 years of trying to earn forgiveness. Wow. Because I had already asked, and then something bad would happen. My son would come home and something really hard would happen or just so many things out of my control. And it all seemed to go back to my decisions that I had made. Mm -hmm. And so I took on all of that hurt, all yeah. of that pain. Everything was like, this is because of me. Um, and God is still punishing me because he's still mad. So in all of that, I just kept trying to earn it. Wow. I kept trying to do enough. I kept trying to be enough. I kept trying to do everything that I could for other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't even realize it was happening. It wasn't until my now husband, um, one day I was just an emotional wreck because I was just trying to be everything for everybody. And he 
he just looked at me and said, you have to stop trying to atone for all the bad things that have happened in Noah's life. Wow. And that just hit me, and I was like, yeah. is that what I'm doing? <laughs> is that yeah. really what's going on? Um, shortly after that, I read, I started reading the Bible. <laughs> we, <laughs> we came to the house, and I really started to understand what the Father's heart was. Wow. That it wasn't to condemn. It wasn't to have me try to make up for my actions. Because, you know, 10 years ago, if I had said to somebody, like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, they would have had all kinds of suggestions about what I should be doing <laughs> and what I needed to change. Um, but coming to the house and really starting to understand the Father's heart, um, I read this scripture, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I didn't write the whole thing. That was First Peter 5.10, and it said, after you have suffered a little while, God himself who called you will, will redeem you. Um, and that was something that was so powerful to me yeah. because I was like, after you have suffered a little while. Because I, like I said, I understood suffering to be equated with anger. And I was like, God, why won't you forgive me? Wow. So reading that and then really being able to be in that place where understanding that just confessing your sins and that God is there and he wants to forgive you. Um, I was able to actually now at the house, I mean, I, I lead a mom life group. I tell my story all the time. Yeah. And That's now awesome. I'm, I'm here today on stage telling my story. Yeah. And it's really that full circle of once I accepted that God had already forgiven me all those years ago. Yeah. That I could finally step into what he called me to do and not Absolutely. sit around and wait for something else to happen. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Man, that is good. Well, obviously she, she did. She made the next point, which is God's forgiveness is undeserved. You know, thankfully, we don't have to earn it, and we don't have to deserve it. He gives it to us, and he's made it available. He, he died for us knowing that we were sinners, knowing that we needed his forgiveness. And so I love that story because the bottom line is, is the fact that it's, we can read it in the word, but when we live it out and we experience all the feelings and the roller coaster of emotions— and the, the, sometimes the pain of growth, the pain of realizing that revelation for yourself deeply, sometimes that's painful. But yet the gift and the healing that comes after that is what is so amazing. And that's one of the things I want to ask Mika is can you tell us about your story and what you have learned through forgiveness and how that has been healing? Yes. So um, for me, I did not grow up in church. It was a little bit different. Um, we traveled all over the place. I've lived everywhere, you can imagine. And so um, in that, I was more isolated. It was just me and my family. Mm. And it, also in that, there was a lot of trauma and abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, things like that. And so um, growing up, it was just like, I'm on my own. I'm going to do my own thing. It's me. Only me. And in that, I felt somewhat of a protection or like, you know, guarded or whatever, but it was never, I still had that brokenness. Yeah. The brokenness, the, the, the depression, the anxieties. And so um, as I got older, I was like, okay, I'm grown. I can do my own thing. <laughs> so I left and I started getting into very, very horrible things. I was very rebellious and um, just going around doing things I shouldn't have done. And in that process, the depression got worse. Um, mm -hmm. I was on medication for 
you know, most of my teenage years and into my adulthood. And I got to a point where I thought, oh, I'm okay. Like, cause I would get to a place where I'm doing well, I'm making making progress, and then all of a sudden I would just hit, go back because of the depression. Yeah. And so um, I got to a place where I was homeless and pregnant, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's not about me anymore. Like, it's about her. And so um, I was like, I don't know what I need to do, but I need to do something different. And I heard about God growing up. Actually, a high school. Um, teacher kind of spoke to me in those um, years, but I was just like, I need to do something different. And I was able to go to this one particular church in Rogers, and um, I was just like, here I am. Like, this is me. I'm broken. I'm depressed. I'm an- I'm anxious. I have a kid. I'm homeless. Like, what are you going to do with me kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And I went in there, and all I could feel was the love. Like, he met me there and was like, I love you, I choose you, I accept you, I have a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, and I just cried, (laughs) because what else can you do? Like, all you can do is receive, and from that place, it was like, wow, I, when it talks about in, um, you know, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. It was like, wow, like I feel like I'm being washed wow. from, from all the things that I had done, from my brokenness, from, from the pain. And from there, it was just like, okay, I, I, I want to do this. I want to do this with you, Lord. Yeah. So. No, and I think that, you know, to further that, what was your journey? I know that it was a process. And so can you talk a little bit about the overnight forgiveness, the overnight healing, but then the process of healing? Yes. So coming from a past of trauma, like sexual trauma and things like that, you know, it's not a quick fix. Right. You can't just, oh, I'm, I'm good. And so it's been years of growing and learning. But every time I confess, Lord, this is what I'm struggling with. He's like, this is what I say about you. This is what I'm saying in, wow. your, in the word. And I get a little bit more healed, a little bit more whole, a little bit more confident and bold. I mean, to be up here, mm -mm. (laughs) no, (laughs) that's not me. So um, from there, it was like, wow, okay. And so it makes me want to tell him. It makes me want to give it to him because I'm like, I know something good is going to come from this. Um, And it also talks about, you know, in John 1, 2, that... um, he wants us to prosper as our soul prospers. Yeah. And when you're coming from trauma, you know, that there's things that fester in yeah. that. And as you confess, you confess, yeah. he's just healing and, and, and um, restoring what Good. the enemy's trying to steal from your life. Awesome. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you know what that is? God's forgiveness is healing. And so we have talked a lot about how when we receive and accept God's forgiveness, these things that we learn, we learn that he gives us the power to change, that it's undeserved, and we don't have to keep on trying to earn it anymore, and that he is the one who comes in and heals us through his forgiveness. But it goes even beyond that, because we believe that forgiveness is a lifestyle, and that everything he gives us is a model for what he wants to now do through us. He wants to show us his perfect love that casts out all fear, yeah. 
And he wants to forgive us of all of our sins, cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness, so then there we can go and give forgiveness. Everything he gives to us is now now expected to go through us. And so one of the verses I want to point out is Matthew 10, 8. You received without paying, give without pay. And so I know for me, that's been one of my biggest struggles is, but they don't deserve it or they haven't changed. So I don't want to give it to them. They haven't said they're sorry, or there is a, a need in my heart to, because I was hurt to hold on to that unforgiveness because I feel like it, it's, it's my badge of honor because I went through something hard. But it's when we give it that we are healed and released from that pain to, for holding us back. So we give forgiveness when others don't deserve it because he gave it to us when we didn't deserve it. We give forgiveness even if someone hasn't changed or hasn't said, I'm sorry. Now, that doesn't mean that we enter into an abusive relationship again or that we allow people to hurt us. It means that we are willing to give them forgiveness for what they did, even if we have to separate from that relationship. And then we also realize that it's not just for the other person. We know if we don't give that forgiveness, that our wound inside will just become infected and get worse. We need healing, so we give forgiveness because that's what God's forgiveness is. It's healing. So the story that I want to bring up as we go into this next part is Matthew 18, 21. And so this is the parable that Jesus taught. Peter came up to Jesus and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and that I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. So here Peter's feeling really good about himself. He's like, hey, I'll forgive him up to seven times. Uh, but yet then here God, Jesus is like, that is in your own effort. You know, I'm asking you to forgive 77 times because I know you need me to be able to do that. And so uh, verse 23 tells the parable, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, which is a whole lot of money. So and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So this is a terrible day for this guy. He's saying you're going to be a slave, your wife's going to be a slave, your children are going to be slaves, and because there's no way you can pay me back, you're going to have to give your whole life and everything that's precious to me. So the servants fell on his knee, servant fell on his knee, imploring him, have patience with me, I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. That's a really good day. <laughs> but when that same servant went out, he found out one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, just very little money. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So he's like trying to kill this guy because he's so mad at him. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I'll pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servant saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they, were, they went and reported it to their master, all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to them, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all the debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother with your heart. 
And so this is a sobering parable because this is challenging us that his forgiveness, the reason why he gives it, and he gives it freely, is because the expectation is that we now give it freely. So, Tandy, will you give us your perspective on this parable and kind of what you have learned and how you've applied it to your own life as you've walked out forgiveness? Yeah, so when we talked about this parable, there was something that just stood out to me and was kind of, I, I felt like God was kind of directing me at, um, and it was the amount of money that was yeah. owed. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to Google, um, and so the servant owed his master um, what Google said, if it's wrong, don't be mad. Um, <laughs> Google said that's equivalent to like $600 million. Oh, wow. Which, I'm like, how do you owe somebody that much money? <laughs> <laughs> um, but what he got upset about with the other servant is the equivalent of like less than $2. Wow. And so I was kind of thinking about that. I'm like, I, I get the big amount. Like, that's God's way of saying, like, we could never pay back. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to have God's forgiveness. But I'm like, why two dollars? Like, right, right. It was kind of unrelatable at first because I'm like, I can confidently say I've never choked anybody over two dollars before. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, that's not me. <laughs> like, this is about somebody else. Um, but in that moment, um, God reminded me of a moment um, where I was in a group of women and I was talking and you know, I, I thought I was saying something brilliant and inspiring. Um, <laughs> and then the lady next to me, and you guys have to watch closely to get this, did this. So all the women in the room were like, no, she didn't. And all the guys <laughs> were like, what happened? <laughs> so it was like the eye roll and like the, hmm, okay. Yeah. And like, I re and in remembering this moment, I thought, that's such a small thing. But yeah. in remembering, I could still feel like the, what? <laughs> and so I felt like God was revealing this, that as Christians, sometimes we take so much time and effort on forgiving those big things. Like mm -hmm. I, I have more than my share of big forgiveness that I've had to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the little things that is going to do us in. I mean, for me, like relating to this servant, I feel like maybe he didn't even associate the fact that he had just gotten this big debt forgiven with this $2 because I'm wow. like, you can find that in your couch cushion. Just give it back. <laughs> <laughs> that seems so easy to fix. It's true. Um, so I feel like that that is the thing. So um, even though in my life I've been able to go back and forgive childhood trauma, past abuse, mm -hmm. those big things that, I mean, I'm still working through some of that, but the thing that's going to, that I feel like I, I kind of ignore sometimes is like the comment from a loved one about like you really having another kid? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, is, is the girls' night out that I didn't get invited to? Wow. Or the the eye roll when I thought I was saying something amazing? <laughs> like those are the kind of things that build up, mm -hmm. and you don't realize that you're carrying those. Yeah. And so I remember back uh, when we first moved up to Northwest Arkansas. Um, just being at a place where I had just was carrying a lot of rejection and really feeling that that there was a lot of people who had wronged me, and but it was all these hundreds of little small things, these yeah. little moments that I just couldn't let go of those like, why does she have to say that? You know, yeah. like she could have just not said that. <laughs> <laughs> and so here I am, you know, months, years later, still thinking about that one little thing. Um, to the point that I was like angry and my heart was hard and I just yeah. I was like not really interested in having any more people in my life because I'm like 
I know how you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but so one day I was having a conversation with my son, and he was struggling. Again, like we talked about, he, he comes from, um, you know, I'm not with his, his dad. And so he, he had mentioned just struggling with feeling abandoned. And I remember that night just being in prayer and being like, God, like, I have worked so, like, my whole life yeah. to, like, love him so much, sorry, yeah. that he wouldn't have to feel that pain. Yeah. And loving him so much that, he, like, I could feel the void and the abandonment and feel the, feel the void. And in that moment, God just said, will it never matter how much I love you? Wow. And so I, it, it was like that moment of, like, okay. If I can spend my whole life knowing how loved I am by God, but yeah. focusing on so many little moments that it can change my heart. Absolutely. But yet not recognize that in other things. Um, it just kind of um, brought me to the realization that, like, I don't want to chase on everybody who owes me $2. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't have I don't have the time or the energy, but those people don't even, half the time, they don't even know that they have wronged me. It's true. And so yeah. they're not thinking about an apology. They're yeah. not thinking about that moment because yeah. to them it was nothing, even though to me it was a big thing. Wow. Yeah, right. it's um, so good. So even though I couldn't, like, I could get past those big things, I've realized that what I have to work on are those small moments that yeah. just ignite me like that and I'm like I just don't know why you have to act like that <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's those moments that I feel like and now I'm like okay I, I see why he put two dollars in there because Absolutely. that's the thing that we tend to not focus on it's true we let those little things sneak in that the enemy can use to truly destroy our lives because we know that unforgiveness leads to bitterness leads to resentment, mm -hmm. yeah. leads to uh, distrust, leads to hate. And that is, I mean, even in the scripture, it says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It says, and in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. And there is a prison of unforgiveness that is inevitable when we choose not to forgive. And the enemy, if we have already forgiven something big, the enemy will come in with something small mm -hmm. to eat away from us and lead us right into that prison. And so we really have to be mindful and realize that this actually applies to every little thing as much as it does to every big thing. Mm -hmm. So, Mika, how have you experienced healing as you have chosen and been able to walk in a lifestyle of forgiveness? So for me, you know, receiving forgiveness was amazing. <laughs> like, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, but giving forgiveness was a lot harder um, because the people that I needed to forgive the most were the people who were supposed to be, you know, the leaders, the, the people that were um, an example of Christ. And so I had to forgive my mother. I had to forgive my stepfather. I had to forgive my dad. And for the longest time, like, I was like, no, they don't, like, I should have this this is like do you know what I went through right and sometimes we kind of validate it because it's like oh you you know those were your parents like they should have never let that happen or whatever and so um it it got me into a place of bitterness and resentment and I was like well you know I'm just gonna do my own thing like I don't I don't need to give that to them I'm not ready and the Lord really he got me. He got me <laughs> And I was wrestling at one. Wow. He's bringing this up. Okay. Go so for I it. was wrestling with the Lord one day, and I was like, why am I struggling with not feeling like enough? 
Like, what is this? And he was like, because you don't think your mom was enough. And I was like, wow. And so it took me on that journey once again of like, I need to understand my mom and what she was going through in that moment and, and why she made the choices that she made so that I can receive my forgiveness and my healing in that way. Wow. And so as I did that, I was like, wow, okay, Lord, she started sharing things with me and I started sharing things with her. And it was like this beautiful, um, like cleansing once again, this beautiful cleansing of like, wow, now I understand. And so it was able, I was able to give that, that forgiveness to her also journey um, step by step to now we have a relationship that has never been close, more close, more, more restored, more bonded than ever wow. before. That's amazing. So, yeah. And I mean, that is the testimony to what God can do because he can do the impossible. We are the ones that just respond to what he has provided and what he's asked us to do. And then he comes in and he does the thing that someone else would say that's never going to happen. Um, but Lauren, you know, this last year, if anything, we've seen, you know, the ability that our society has to carry offense and unforgiveness uh, towards all kinds of things. We've seen families divided, friends, split, uh, you know, separated. Uh, people's lives have been impacted by the multiple opinions and beliefs that have all been very loudly proclaimed. And there's been a lot of offense that we can just see on people. And so, Lauren, can you kind of share with us your perspective on giving forgiveness even when someone doesn't change their mind or doesn't, you know, do different? Um, So our family has, um, like, been going through a lot of uh, really tough issues um, and here lately. And, um, you know, me personally, I know that I've needed to forgive and, and I've been able to forgive by how the previous story I told you about and how I've changed and God's really softened my heart to, and also allowed me to see other people's hurt, other people's concerns. Um, it's not all about like, okay, you did this to me, so you're going to get justice. No, right. that's, that's not our job. That's God's job. Your job is to love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's so hard because, you know, you want to let that person know how much it hurt you and, you know, you want yeah. them to you know, get what they deserve. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So, um, you know, my family, it's just like, because of this one particular issue, uh, brothers and uh, sisters are divided, parents are divided, so many different opinions, um, and we're working through it. And another issue has come up with another family member, but it's actually brought me and my sisters closer together, and we've set our feelings aside. Wow. And God is God is working like we're talking, we're working through things. So wow. even though we've got this one issue right here, God's actually like restoring relationships in between wow. my sisters and I. And it's it's really, really awesome to that see. That is amazing. So um yeah, I just I, I think he's just one thing that I did have written down was just it's just bringing his healing brings you brings you from grudges to grace. Absolutely. And just to, yeah, yes. just to be able to, you know, work through that and just show them love. Yes, totally. And I think that all of us, I hope, can relate with the stories here on the stage and the principles and the things that they've learned in their lives. And I hope you all have enjoyed these stories today. Will you all give them a big round of applause? Thank you for sharing y'all's stories. As they exit the stage, we're going to close up. 
But one of the reasons why I think it's important for us to have stories told is because if God can do it for us, God can do it for you. If God can give Tandy forgiveness, he can give me forgiveness. He can give you forgiveness. If God can give Mika the strength to forgive who's hurt her, he can give you the strength to forgive who's hurt you. And so we have to hear stories because those are the stories that tell us and that help us know that, yes, what God has provided is for me too. And so one of the things that I uh, want to wrap us up with as we close is, you know, last, I guess three weeks ago, um, as they clean up the stage, I'm sorry, it's a little distracting, but um, three weeks ago I had a skin cancer removed, and um, it was pretty big, and it was, I didn't think it was a big deal, but it became kind of a big deal, and um, they had to go in and cut it all out, and thankfully they got it all, uh, but I had to go back last week and get my stitches taken out, and it's... Um, in my legs, so it's been a hassle because you use your calf a lot to walk, and so <laughs> it's been a little annoying, uh, and so they took the stitches out, and uh, the doctor, I looked at the doctor, and I said, thanks so much. I hope I don't ever get to see you again, and he looked at me, and he said, what are you talking about? You're going to come back every six months to get a skin check, and I was like, I looked at him, I was like, why? <laughs> and he was like, you've had skin cancer, and now you're prone to skin cancer, so we have to make sure we check your skin to make sure that we catch it before it becomes something else. And I was bummed for sure, because the last thing I want to do is spend any time at a doctor's office. But, um, but what happened was afterwards, as I was studying this, I really felt like the Holy Spirit quickened in me the fact that we're so proactive with our health, we're so proactive about making sure we prevent disease here in America and go to the doctor and have checkups. But yet, the disease that will really kill us, that will really hurt us, is the sin in our lives that we won't accept forgiveness for. It will be the unforgiveness that we're holding and not giving out. And so I do believe that the Lord wants to minister to you today. He wants you to be healed of that cancer. That you may not even see the effects of your soul hurting, but yet he wants to come in and say, I have healing for the deepest parts of your soul. That trauma in your childhood, that sin that you've never told anybody because you know it's unforgivable. Or maybe just what you said last week to your spouse that you just really wish you could take back. Whatever it may be, I believe that today is the day that you can accept forgiveness. Whether it's you receiving it or you giving it, he wants to heal your cancer, the cancer of your soul. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.